welcome to CMO Insights, the podcast series. I'm your host, Jeff Petherwitz, president and CEO of the Petherwitz Group. Today, as our guest, we have Warren Salata, who is chief marketing officer of RICO North America. Warren, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. So Rico is a huge company. It's been around a long time. Uh, level set with our listeners. What does Rico do? Thank you. Uh, Rico has been around uh, for 60 years in the North American region and longer. It's a J- Japan-based uh, organization that manufactures uh, what you re- remember as her- you know our heritage business of uh, office equipment and printers, scanners, et cetera. But what we've been doing in the last 10 years is quietly acquiring ITS, IT services companies, and uh, low-code, no-code platforms and building out process automation solutions and digital business process services solutions for our customers. That is a big change. So I remember, I think it was what, in the early 90s, there was that book about IBM that came out about getting an elephant to dance. So uh, Rico is a big company. And part of your title is not just chief marketing officer, you are also change management officer. So what you just described, that's a significant amount of change. Walk us through what that's been like and how are you driving that? Sure thing. Um, it, you know, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty big change, although an evolution really, when you think about the heritage business in printing, the evolution to digital is really capturing digital data, digital information. And so uh, one of the things that we've been focused on really is tuning our narrative, our business narrative around how those two things work together uh, ultimately to help customers manage what is a, a very uh, large amount of data in their business and helping to transform how they use that data or monetize that data. So another thing that you know, with regard to change and uh, change management, we've been very focused on our culture. Our culture of excellence is what we call it. And um, it's been a whole program that our CEO, CEO Carson Brun, has implemented uh, when he started about two and a half years ago, uh, which was around the same time I started just after him, he hired me on. And it's really been putting a focus on where it's most important, which is the culture and the, the employees and the employee experience. So we've been highly focused underneath uh, all of it is really the mission of change management, but creating a culture of inclusion, a culture where people have shared values and uh, expectations and accountability around how they work and, and, and how they operate each day. We have uh, implemented a playbook for our any managers of people, additional training, uh, some soft skills, uh, how to make connections with employees. And some of those things uh, are left to the managers to, de- to decide how they manage their their teams and what motivates them in their in their microcultures. And some of the other things that we've done are really around um, recruitment marketing and building up our employer brand so that this becomes a destination for, for people to choose uh, for employment. And so uh, one of the things that we're recently super proud of is the, the distinction of uh, being a great place to work. And we've also moved the needle in the last two years significantly on our uh, employee engagement scores uh, that we uh, work with, with Gallup, uh, the Gallup organization. And so we see a lot of proof points, proof of of our efforts working and resonating with our employees. And one other thing that I I think we're pretty proud of is a 96% acceptance rate on all of our offer letters. So something is working. Yeah, something's working and we're really proud of the work. So now that you interview and you're building this culture, 
what what are you looking for in your new candidates to make sure that they're fitting into the culture that you're building? Absolutely. Uh, digital first mindset, digital skills, people who are looking for a place that is all about inclusiveness, uh, people that want to work at a place that uh, where their voice can be heard and their impact can be made. And we also have uh, give people the opportunity if, you know, for example, you're an engineer working with really cool technologies, uh, being, you know, in our heritage, a, a technology creator. So just really uh, people that are good listeners, that are service oriented, that are adaptable, because we all know, you know, just how the rate and pace of change has been so incredible over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years and continues to accelerate. So people that can be very adaptable in those kinds of environments. Definitely inclusivity today, I think, is is a must-have. But beyond just embracing ideas, you've gone even further. You're known for doing a lot of work with with disability rights as well. Could you elaborate on that and share some examples of how you're making that practical? Sure. So um, personally, it's a, a passion of mine and one that I've been working in and discovered through some personal experiences about 15 years ago, and I started to my journey to serve on the boards of the ARC organization, as well as more recently on the board of trustees for the Consumer Technology Association. And it's been a real honor and privilege to be a part of that community and help to drive the progress inside that organization to the benefit of those with disabilities and those in the aging population and putting technology to good use to make their lives as good as, as it can be. The thing that I've been super excited about is being able to bring that platform inside the company and to challenge uh, our product team to not just look at it, you know, design it in from the beginning, design accessibility into everything that we do. Um, we're not perfect. And, you know, uh, like a lot of organizations, are, it's, a, it's a continuous journey, but we also have uh, regular updates from uh, those on our team. We, I have a monthly, uh, what I call community of practice call, which is an all hands meeting. But I, I've really tried to foster a community within the marketing organization. And we do spend every month about an hour and a half together on various topics and recognition. But one of the topics that I've brought forward for everybody to learn more and to, and to become passionate about, hopefully, is accessibility. And um, I'm really excited about giving people that that perspective and that education. And we've had outside speakers come in. Uh, Francis West, who's the former, former IBM accessibility chief, has spent some time with us. So it's a journey for individuals and it's a journey for the organization, but, it, but it's a, a very important one that we're all on. So I, you, you're known for also being a digital transformer. And, but what I'm hearing a lot about is your, you know, your passion for people. So I'm curious is, as you digitally transform the organization, how much of it is people first and then the process of technology second? Or is it getting the technology nailed down and then you find the way to get the people incorporated? I think with digital transformation, you really have to start with the people and the mission. We have a very clear mission around uh, serving our customers and helping them modernize. And the people that we brought on, you know, we when I first started about two years ago, maybe slightly more, I have a pretty big team. And so it was very important to me um, all the way up and down and across the organization that I was able to get to know people and get to know what was on their mind. And I think that was a really important first step for me to understand what was the collective mindset? What were the collective issues? 
And I conducted probably probably about 18 roundtables covering about 200 plus people um, and really trying to understand, you know, where they were on their journey at RICO, what was important to them, what were they excited about or afraid about the future. And that helped me really shape my approach. And, and that's what gave birth to the whole idea of this marketing community of practice. But I had really learned about, you know, people's fears, you know, uh, there had been pretty significant cuts before I arrived um, and people were unwilling or afraid to make a decision. They didn't want to be the person that made the wrong decision. So we had to kind of put a culture of um, innovation, you know, and, and test and learn mindset into play. I also learned that we needed to skill up um, our digital mindset and capability and really become a digital first organization. And so another that was another learning. And the, the result of that was I put a big focus on learning and development at all levels. And I asked people to commit and choose and also to share and set their intention so that we could all really be on that journey together. I think that's fantastic. And some of those themes that you talked about, fear, uncertainty, are also now coming to bear with all the news about AI. I mean, you can't go anywhere without it being talked about in some way. What are you doing at Rico to embrace AI? And and now that you've built a strong culture, are there fresh fears that AI is going to take over some of their jobs? Or do you feel like the team's gotten to a point where it's more of a constructive dialogue? I think it's a constructive dialogue, and I also think that we're we're all learning, right? Uh, I think um, with uh, ChatGPT being unleashed on all of us, I think you know we had to quickly name somebody who would lead any kind of uh, marketing use cases and and testing and learning about how we could use those tools uh, to our great advantage. Um, so we have an active project right now where we're we're building out um, a common understanding of of where we use it to focus and what are some of the good ideas. So that's a kind of a, a squad of people looking into it, working with some of the, the team leads to figure out how we can best implement it. On another vector, we've used AI in, in our solutions uh, on our low-code, no-code uh, development efforts. So it's not unfamiliar to us, but certainly taking more of a front seat in accelerating our product development and our product roadmap. Well, a lot of CMOs, they, they know they need to embrace it, but they're just not sure where to start uh, because it's coming at them so quickly. They're being asked by their CEO, what are you going to do about it? They're being asked by their team. What's your overall approach? Do you have a structure in place to kind of bring this into your organization? That's what I uh, have the squad looking at. So I have somebody who's, uh, who, whose day job is to lead marketing and competitive intelligence, and I, and I, I tend to pull together some of the more uh, forward-thinking digital leaders inside our organization to figure out where we can place some bets and potentially implement, change how, you know, change some of our processes uh, between and among the different sub-functions in the organization and really finding the most appropriate use cases for us at RICO to help us accellerate, perhaps move to more high, higher value work um, and to, you know, create some efficiency with time. That's awesome. I think, you know, for, for so many executives, they're, they're just still trying to figure it out. So it sounds like you've got a good plan in place. Shifting gears, uh, you really had a good, strong progression in your career. Looking back, even before you got into marketing, are there things that shaped you and or models or sports that you participated in that kind of gave you a framework for how to engage? Absolutely. So, you know, I, I, I grew up in a family that was uh, very athletic. 
um, my sport was, was figure skating. And so, you know, I, I was a pretty competitive skater from an, from an early age and it was probably my first love, but being in a sport like that and really, um, you know, just spending so much time doing it really helped me learn a lot of different things, um, focus, teamwork, adaptability, you know, managing changing situations, um, you know, an example would be preparing for many months for a competition and getting injured and then not being able to compete and, you know, being able to manage it through adversity and things like that. So lots of relevant um, skills and experiences that, you know, served me well throughout my, my education and, and into my career. And I think that, you know, the, the family that I came from was, uh, you know, my, my mother was a huge role model for me. She was a uh, a young mother, but, you know, was a young working mother and started her own business um, and became a pretty successful small business entrepreneur for 30 years and uh, somehow managed to to raise three children as well. So, you know, lots of early lessons and early uh, examples of how to manage uh, work and aspiration and and uh, quality of life. So I was feel very fortunate about that. Do you provide any mentorship to uh, other CMOs or other leaders? I do. I do. I have uh, really enjoyed one of the projects that we started inside of marketing is to set up a mentor-mentee relationship program inside of marketing. Uh, it's somewhat informal, but we do have a little bit of structure, and I'm super proud. The the female leaders on my on my direct reports team took the initiative to set that up and to really give back and help informally mentor uh, the women inside of marketing. And uh, so far, we've had a really great response to that. And pairing some of the, the mentees with their mentors has given them an opportunity to have some level of sponsorship, some level of coaching, and just a, a resource to answer any questions or uh, help them navigate different difficult situations so I'm I'm super proud of that. Personally, um, I do have a few people that I talk to on a regular basis that are that are not inside of Rico, and that's very rewarding for me. I've been able to uh, help share my experience and you know how I've handled different things over the years with people who are um, early in their careers. So, what advice would you give to aspiring young women who are just getting started in marketing and dreams dream of becoming CMOs one day themselves? It's such a great question. Um, I think the the absolute, you know, number one thing would be to have a general manager mindset and to be a business leader first, to really understand why you're doing marketing and how does that relate to driving the business. I know that's probably a pretty difficult thing to think about when you're just out of college or you know maybe you're a couple years out and you're and you're just getting your 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 feet uh, into into things. But it's super important as you um, move up in your career to understand the principles of business, understand the financials of business, and be able to uh, speak the language of business, even though you might be on the marketing side, even as a creative, you know, really understanding the strategy behind your creative, you know, as, as just another example. And I think that there's plenty of resources available out in the world on the web that that and that you know you can tap into to really get that kind of education if it was not part of of your um, training 
on the way through college or, you know, post-secondary uh, training of any kind. I think early in your career, you stepped outside of marketing briefly, right, into a service role. Would, um, what was that experience like? And would you recommend for aspiring marketing leaders to try on some different roles as they grow? Absolutely. I, I did go kicking and screaming, and I'm, I'm actually still uh, friends with the the boss at the time who who suggested I do that. But uh, the scenario was I was, uh, you know, probably about five or 10 years into my career. And uh, I was the, the loan marketing leader at the time in the organization I was in. And there was a spot that opened up in client delivery. And my boss brought it forward and said, you know, you, you've, you've done so much with marketing, with customer and public information and customer education. Why don't you why don't you uh, take this role and, and, you know, get some experience managing the P&L and some operational things? And I said, well, no, I, I don't think that's where I want to head. And um, with a little bit more uh, encouragement, I, I did end up doing that uh, for about almost, I think, two and a half, maybe three years where I was in client service delivery, managing a contract as a program manager, uh, really, you know, just frontline with the with the customers and clients, uh, implementing systems integration projects, and really responsible for the PNL and all of the operational metrics and delivery. So it was a really great experience. I was very fortunate uh, that I was able to spin back into a marketing role after that. But it has but you definitely advocate people do some different things, get some different perspectives. Exactly. Yeah. And that client facing experience is, is hugely valuable. And I would say that's another suggestion or advice for somebody, you know, coming up and wanting to be a CMO is to really hone, hone your skills around being client facing. Okay. So what's next for you and what's next for Rico? Well, Rico is uh, on a tremendous path of growth and growing our services business um, and pivoting from our 100% uh, hardware business into our business, uh, digital business process services business, helping our clients uh, grow and change themselves. So very exciting things on the horizon with our portfolio and our products. For me personally, just continuing to, to stay on this journey to help drive awareness of our brand, um, of our business narrative. Uh, helping to change the technology and really build out um, a world-class customer experience that's next on our list uh, to tackle, um, making it a lot easier for, for our customers to do business with us. So lots of big, exciting projects. Fantastic. Well, Lauren, it's it's easy to see why you've been so tremendously successful and such an inspiration for so many. Thank you for being on the program today. Thank you, Jeff. It's been my pleasure. I appreciate it. You got it.